uh, the following. What is life all about? Uh, who is Jesus? Uh, why did Jesus have to die? And then uh, we, we talked last week about what is faith and how do I have faith? Today is getting practical into how do we pray? What is prayer? Why should we pray? And all the rest. So uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity this morning to come before you as sons and daughters of the King and to speak to you, to have a relationship with you, to have communication with you, to talk to you. And we pray, Lord, that this morning, even though we won't cover everything about what prayer is and why we pray and how we pray, that it would just be an encouragement this morning that this is a great privilege to pray. We pray, Lord, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth would be pleasing to you as we speak about this, as I speak about this. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, tell you a story to begin with. My family uh, was a church-going family growing up. We, we went to church most Sundays, and uh, mum uh, was a committed Christian um, who, who took us to church, did Sunday school, all that kind of thing. But I don't really remember at that time that prayer was much of a, um, a thing in the home, that it wasn't a, a, a something that was part of our normal, ordinary life as a family. Um, now, I remember praying occasionally, um, God, would you reveal yourself to me in some way, things like that. I remember praying when I needed something. Maybe I was in an exam in high school. God, please help me get through this exam and do well in it. Um, I also remember, of course, grace at the dinner table. Many of you would say grace or give thanks to God before you eat. And um, every night at the dinner table, we would bow our heads. And every night, my mum would pray, Dearest Heavenly Father, make us truly thankful for all our battery C. Now, I, um, I, I, for life me, was like, I'm not sure what battery C is. Maybe it's some sort of spiritual, um, spiritual energy that, um, that uh, is, is, a, is like a metaphor for some energy God gives us to get through in life or the Christ battery or something, battery C. I didn't know what it was. One day I worked out that what mum was praying was, Dearest Heavenly Father, make us truly thankful for all we're about to receive. So... I, I didn't understand that for many years. Prayer wasn't my strong point when I was younger, obviously. But it is one of the most universal instincts. At some point in everyone's life, that most people find that at some point in some way they find themselves praying. Um, Jesus, when he talked to his disciples about prayer, said, when you pray, not if you pray, or if you decide one day that you're going to, when you pray, he assumes they will, and uh, when you think about it, if we are created for relationship with God, uh, then talking with him is, it's got to be the most natural thing in the world. It's, how, it's what we're created for. Um, all our relationships are based on communication. The more we communicate, the better we communicate, the more rich we uh, uh, relate with one another, the more we grow in love, and it's the same with God. But what that looks like, uh, it's not necessarily just given or universal, um, and it's not always easy. I certainly find that. Let's watch a few people talking about uh, asking the question, do you pray? Every day. Once a week? Yes, a lot. <laughs> no, I don't. I used to, but not so much now, though, because I, I kind of like, I have a lot of what I want now. Honestly? Well, not really, to be honest with you. Not really. I don't really pray. I sort of just meditate on things. In my own way, yeah. 
Well, only, I guess only if I'm really, really scared or that I really, really want something, then I'll pray. <laughs> for help and to talk with God. Hope for things. I wouldn't say I pray to anything specifically. I pray every day. I pray, I pray even when like things going good or like things going bad. I still pray even though I question a lot of it and doubt a lot of it, but I still find myself praying kind of often. Prayer is the, the most important activity of our whole lives, if you think about it. It's the very purpose for which we were, were made, because uh, to pray is to have a relationship with God. Um, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. He says, through Jesus, we both, that's Jews and Gentiles, or the whole known world, we all have access to the Father by one spirit. Um, have access to the Father by one spirit. What then, and this is the important place to start, what is Christian prayer? I'm not just talking about what is prayer in general. What's it, what does it mean to pray as a believer, of, a follower of Jesus? Um, firstly, it's to God our Father. It's to God. Prayer is to the Father. Um, the picture that's painted for us of what God is like as we grow up uh, is a combination of different things if it's not specifically from the Bible. So you may have had this picture of God painted to you that he's big and powerful but not really interested in you personally. Many people would believe that is what God is, this, this spiritual entity out there. Uh, or God is a rule enforcer, that he's disappointed when you mess up and he's looking over you going, I'm just, just waiting for you to do the wrong thing. Or maybe he's distant to some people because he doesn't seem to be fixing the world's problems. Look at everything. If God really existed, he would fix this. So he could be one of those things or a combination of all of them. And all of those perspectives shaped my view of God uh, from a number of different angles as, a, as I grew up, as well as from the Bible. But it was really when I began to open my heart to let God reveal himself to me. And I go, okay, God, who do you say that you are? that I then began to learn slowly over many years, God is a loving father. This is who he is. Uh, represented in the story of the prodigal son. I mentioned the sculpture from uh, Charlie Mackesee a few weeks ago, illustrating uh, this story, this embrace of the father, the father God. God embracing his child. And so this perspective, that, that this is who God is, is, it shapes how we pray. When you listen to a testimony illustrating this. My mum had MS, so she was really ill when I was growing up. I didn't really know life without her having MS. But besides that, my parents were like the best to me. They, were, they would do anything for me. But I wasn't the best kid. I am now, like now I'm the best. But uh, before, when I was a teenager, I, I would just lie and I would be rubbish in school. I wouldn't be like the violent kid, or it wouldn't be like obvious, like some kids get into gangs and selling drugs. I, I was like way too smart. Like I just like causing trouble that you couldn't get caught for. And over a period of time, I started to realize how you could steal without getting caught. One day coming back from the, the cinema, I remember walking through the door and my parents were sat at the dinner table and was like, Alex, we need to talk to you. And basically what happened is like, I just stole money from their bank account. And they found out. And so I ran upstairs into my room. I just remember feeling like I hate myself. Not even like who had I become. No, it wasn't like that sort of moment. It was more, I'm rubbish. Like, I'm just a bad kid. 
And so I piled my entire room against my door. Like I got my bed, my drawers on my bed, everything, and then piled it up and then just sat at the other end of this barricade. It was silent for a bit and I, I was crying and I just, my dad comes up the stairs, he knocks on the door and I just don't say anything. And then he stops and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go. But he said this thing, which I'll never forget exactly what he said. He said, I need you to know that me and your mum love you. We're just confused because we don't know what we haven't done for you. And then he, he just said, I'd love it if you opened the door because I really want to give you a hug right now. And then like a few years later, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I was just thinking about that moment. I realized like that's the, like one of the most real examples of who God is that I've ever seen in my life. Just, just sort of that begging to come and show mercy. My dad's just the best. So Jesus tells us to pray to our Father, but to the Father, our Father in heaven. This, uh, this loving Father, uh, intimately involved in our lives as a Father should be, uh, is also the creator of the entire universe, the entire cosmos. The universe is, is vast. If we could play that, that clip, Cam. The universe is so vast. The sun, which is 93 million times uh, miles away from our earth, is so large that 960,000 earths could fit inside of it. Uh, and did you know that the sun is one of 300 billion stars in our galaxy, and our galaxy is one of 100 billion galaxies in the universe? And so that means that for every grain of sand on the earth, there's a million stars. And there's this throwaway line in the book of Genesis that said this, he made the stars also. Think about that. He made the stars also, just like that whole universe. And we pray to this creator of the universe, this God who's transcendent outside of time, and yet at the same time as in heaven, made the universe, he's imminent and close. And so prayer is it's to the Father who is the creator and sustainer of everything. But prayer is also, Christian prayer is through the Son, to the Father, through the Son. I spoke uh, a few weeks ago about how the petition, the, the barrier of sin that has been created uh, between us and God, that's been removed by Jesus. And so we have access to God, the Father, through Jesus. Um, have a watch of this video which illustrates this point. A young soldier fighting for the Union Army in the American Civil War lost both his father and his brother in the fighting. He needed to return to his family's home and help his sister and elderly mother with the spring planting on their farm. And so he went to Washington DC to ask the president for exemption from military service. When he arrived in Washington, he walked straight up to the doors of the White House and asked to speak directly with the president. A young official standing guard told him, you can't see the president. The president's far too busy to see you. Get back out there and fight like you're supposed to. So the young soldier left the White House, not knowing how he would break the bad news to his family. As he was sitting on a nearby park bench, a young boy came up to him and said, why are you so unhappy? What's wrong? The soldier looked at the boy and began to pour out his heart. He told the child that since his father and brother had been killed, he was the only man left in his family. He was desperately needed back at the farm, and the only person who could make it possible was the president himself. The little boy said simply, Come with me. 
Taking him by the hand, the boy led the soldier back around to the White House. They walked through the back door, past the guards, past the generals, past the high-ranking government officials until they got to the president's office. The little boy didn't even knock on the door. He just opened it and walked in. There, standing behind the desk, studying battle plans with the Secretary of State, was President Abraham Lincoln. The president looked up and said, Oh, what can I do for you, Tad? The little boy replied, Dad, this man needs to talk to you. That's a picture of uh, our access to the Father through the Son. Uh, as well as this, prayer is uh, not only to the Father through the Son, but also by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says this, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He helps us pray. We're, we're, um, we're going to spend a, few, uh, a bit of time on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in a few weeks um, because there's so much misconception around the Holy Spirit uh, who is actually God. The Spirit is the Spirit of God inside us. But the bottom line is that when we struggle to pray, when we don't know how to pray or, how, or what to say, the Holy Spirit helps us. Um, we can ask him to help us. I, um, I sometimes feel uh, stupid um, when I'm, I'm praying, God, help me talk to you, or help me keep my children away from the pulpit. <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, help me talk to you. Uh, but um, I, I feel, when I do that, I feel like I'm a, kind of a bad Christian, let alone a pastor. You know, pastor but he, he wants us to ask for help to, to talk with him. He's willing to help us with that. Uh, so there, this is where we always start when it comes to prayer. It's to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. Um, maybe you struggle with motivation, though, to pray. You know what it is, but it's like, well, why? Why pray? Why, what's the motivation? In short, there's real rewards. Um, Jesus said this. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, I wish I'd learned this when I was younger because my uh, perspective on prayer was that it was like as a church-going person, it was a duty, it was a rule. And when it's a duty, when something's a rule that I have to do, naturally I just don't want to do it if it's forced upon me as opposed to something which I see great purpose in and a reward that comes from it. I'm like, yeah, I want to lean into this. So what then are the rewards of prayer? One of them is peace. And uh, something else that my mother passed down to me, I know you're watching, Mum, and I did pass this with her, by the way, um, al along with the battery C thing, uh, was she passed down to me the worry gene, that, that uh, I worry about stuff lots, worry about what could happen, what has happened, worry about what might happen. But someone once said, worry is like a rocking chair, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, Corey Ten Boom, who you heard about a few weeks ago from those concentration camps in Germany, she said, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its troubles, but it empties today of its strength. Um, prayer, on the other hand, even though it has some similarities, it has a different effect. Paul wrote, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, that means to ask for things, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, if we can, yep, it's up there. If the peace of God that transcends all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm learning very, very slowly over time that as I turn a worry into a prayer, instead of anxiety, I get peace. And I, it's because I've placed something that's too big for me to control in the hands of a loving, capable father. That's one reward. Another is perspective. Especially when we, we give God thanks uh, with worries and concerns that we have, those then become not so overwhelming when we give thanks to God for what we do have, for what we can thank him for. Um, in particular, our salvation, our eternal life in Christ, life with God. Now, it, I know that it seems counterintuitive to address hardship with praise, to go, stuff is going wrong, so therefore I'm going to praise God. Uh, but it's exactly what we need. So many of the songs that we sing are about declaring what's true, who God is, even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, because perspective, and it shifts then to, okay, you know what, God is in control. And that is such a, a wonderful gift. If our relationship with God, if our pra- life of praise is determined by our feelings, that can get miserable. I shared earlier in the year that our family have chosen this year to say that our choice will be choose joy. Not feel joy when we feel happy. Choose joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Together with peace and perspective, though, is what I think is the greatest reward, and that is the presence of God. This, for me, is becoming like the gold medal reward of prayer. Uh, To sense and experience God's presence is more than just perspective. It's more than just having peace. It's when heaven invades earth. It's, there's, a, there's a portal that's created between these two worlds of heaven and earth and something's very different to just normal existence, everyday existence. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes I feel it physically. Like there's a, 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 when the presence of God is around, I shiver through my body, but it's not cold. The manifest, or I like to say the tangible presence of God. And I've heard several people say, Wow, there's something different in here when they walk into our prayer room in the admin area. Places of prayer um, have sometimes been called thin spaces where the barrier between heaven and earth is just a bit thinner than usual and you can feel the tangible presence of God. For me, that is such a wonderful reward of spending time relating with our Heavenly Father. And together this peace and perspective and presence are are wonderful rewards that can draw us to pray, that that we want to pray. What about, though, answers to prayer? Does God always answer when we ask? I think it's true to say that when we pray, stuff happens. Uh, You can't prove God exists from answered prayer. But as an an archbishop uh, once said, he said, when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. Uh, It's not just coincidence when things happen. Um, Prayer is powerful. Asking the father with the status of a son or a daughter moves him to act. But then there's the times when God doesn't answer with yes, when he says no, uh, because he's our father. And if we believe that God is actually our good and loving father, then it means that sometimes he has a bigger perspective. 
Sometimes he's doing what's needed, not what we want, but what's needed for us and for others, despite what we really want. And these times, of course, are, are hard. When God says no to a, a heartfelt desire, they're painful. When some, Sometimes God answering with no can really shake us. Uh, the most recent example that I've seen in this is, is um, just incredible pain from um, the loss of a, a friend my age to cancer. And many of you, every one of us will have had some experience or someone we know an experience where God said no. Um, this, this friend who, who passed away left behind a mother, father, brother, husband. Um, but the thing is, what I've seen is all of those around her who were praying did not stop praying because of this, but kept on trusting that God is who he says he is. They kept on continuing in prayer. Because Corey Ten Boom says this, when the train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the driver. At other times, though, God does respond with yes when we pray. We ask for things and he, he grants it because he wants us to ask. But often it's not yes or no. Uh, it's not a green light or a red light, if you like, but it's the orange light. The answer is often wait or not yet. Teaching us patience. And, and uh, if you journal as part of your prayer life, I've, I've um, been learning to journal over the last couple of years. I still don't do it all the time. Um, but if you, do, if you journal, you, you get to look back and see when God did answer, even though it took time, even though at the time he said, wait. So there's some of the how God answers. How do we pray, though? This is, I think, one of the key questions for most people. I really like what a Benedictine monk by the name of Brother Luigi says about this. Have a listen. Let's say that there are three kind of um, tips when it comes to prayer to keep it simple, to keep it honest, and to keep it going. Um, to keep it simple means that uh, you have to make your prayer as simple as possible. Um, reduce it even just to one sentence. Um, can be sometimes five minutes, can be 10 minutes, can be half an hour. Then keep it honest. Um, we often think that we have to be uh, in a certain mood to pray. So that before starting praying, we have to be peaceful, we have to be joyful, or we have to be enthusiastic about the Lord. The reality is that the, most of the time, uh, we are in completely different mood. Um, so we are either um, worried or we are uh, tired or we are frustrated about something or we are angry about something. The secret is really to realize that each one of these feelings, even the most negative one, I'd say even anger, even lust, can become a fuel to prayer, can be transformed into prayer. When I start praying, I, I just focus on what is the dominant feeling in my heart. Uh, if it is a positive feeling, like joy, I offer this joy to the Lord. If it is a negative feeling, like um, frustration or tiredness, I start from there and I say to the Lord, Lord, I'm tired or I'm frustrated. Um, and I, I kind of express all the reasons of my frustrations to the, uh, frustration to the Lord and I, and I transform them into prayer in this way. And then keep it going. We can pray all the time. I can pray uh, for the people around me. I can just um, say to the Lord very simply, uh, Lord, I love you, or Lord, help me. I can 
um, in any situation, um, when I am in a church, when I am in my room, before going to bed, um, before meals, yes, but also when I'm walking, when I'm driving, um, often I realize I'm praying even without having decided to pray, um, just because it has become a kind of habit. So keep it simple, uh, keep it honest, keep it going. I really like that. Keep it simple, keep it honest, keep it going. There's actually some uh, really great resources on a website called prayercourse.org. Uh, there's also a course uh, associated with that. Uh, if you click the tool shed on that, on that site, there's some great stuff there, simple resources. Um, also a book that goes alongside that prayer course called How to Pray, literally just How to Pray by Pete Gregg. It's possibly the best book I've ever read, not like on prayer, just period. One of the best books I've ever read. Um, so helpful. First and foremost, um, the advice of Jesus on how to pray, uh, the Lord's Prayer as we know it, uh, the most helpful and practical guide for prayer. Um, and in, in some ways, a bit of a, a simple summary of that and a simple guide that we actually used last week at the end of the talk um, is thanks, sorry, please. Really helpful as well. Um, on, we, we thank God. We cultivate that perspective of thankfulness when we take time to realize how, God, how, how loving God is, how he is so good to us, helping us. Um, we, we, we thank him for that as a starting point. And then we do need to take time to confess, to say sorry. Um, I once came across, across a prayer that goes like this. So far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent, and I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed, and from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. In the reality of day-to-day -day life, uh, we, we all get things wrong. We mess up. And for those sins is the term that Jesus used. For those sins, Jesus died. But why confess them, though? Why confess them regularly if we have been forgiven once and for all? Because at one point we gave all of that to Jesus. Uh, why regularly confess? Well, Jesus used a visual aid to explain this. It was the night before he was crucified and he had dinner with his disciples and he had, he had a towel afterwards and he started washing their feet and when he came to Peter, he's about to wash Peter's feet and Peter goes, no, 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 Jesus, don't wash my feet. Um, you know, you're too good for that. And Jesus says, unless I wash your feet, I have, no part, uh, I have no part of you. And Peter said, well, in that case, wash my whole body, Jesus, goes the other extreme. And Jesus said, no, I don't need to wash your whole body Someone who's had a bath is already clean. You only need to have your feet washed. And it's a picture of when we come to Christ, our whole body is washed clean. We're completely forgiven. We're made right with God. That's one of the things that baptism symbolizes, completely washed clean. But as we go about our day, it's like we get our feet dirty. Uh, we don't need to become Christians all over again. We don't need to be baptized once again. Uh, that's already happened, but we do need a foot bath. We, we do need to get just cleaned up again. And that's what his forgiveness does for us each and every day. Uh, when we confess our sins to God, God, make me clean again. You've already made me clean, but just that little bit of stuff that's crept in and affects my relationships and my life and my speaking and talking and living with you. Wash me clean of that. Um, finally, Jesus uh, taught us to ask for daily bread. 
He taught us to, to ask him for what we need to go about our life. Uh, big things, small things. And so it's, it's uh, thanks, it's sorry, and it's please. He's our Father who loves us. We need to remember this. He's the King of the universe as well, with all things under his control. So can he really come so close as the King of the universe and say, I'll grant you what you need? Well, Tim Keller says this. No one would dare ask a king for a glass of water in the middle of the night except for that king's own child. And that's you and I. We're his children. And let me add in a side note here that we, with God, are like our kids have been today. We're all over the place. We make a bit of noise sometimes, and sometimes we do the right thing, and sometimes we don't do the right thing. And it's one of the reasons why we're never going to shut the doors off and block out all the kids so that we have peace and quiet in here. We can deal with that. Because our God is so patient and so loving when us, when we are like little children. But he also wants us to be like little children, to simply come to him and trust him that he has all things in his hands. I remember the first time I was really around Christians who didn't just pray from the front of a sanctuary on a Sunday morning or in special occasions, but actually prayed together, who got together with one or two or three or five people and and prayed and uh, said thanks to God, said sorry to God and asked God for what was needed with one another. When I first prayed with those Christians, it was, I think, most, mostly it was both my youth group and first year at Bible college. When I prayed with them, my, my shirt would just become drenched in sweat because I was so nervous because, you know, it's like I'm praying out loud with others. Other people are hearing how unspiritual my words sound. And, you know, yet there was something incredibly powerful and incredibly beautiful about that kind of prayer, real, honest prayer together with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Prayers of thanks, prayers of confession, prayers of petition. Coming to God with our our needs and our desires. God uh, really is present when his people pray. And so I want to invite us to do that now. I'm just going to pray for a second from here, leave a little bit of silence. And then if, uh, as opposed to talking and chatting, if you would like to tap the person on the shoulder, uh, next to you on the shoulder and say, is there anything I can pray for you um, this morning? I'd really encourage you to do that. If you just don't feel comfortable, I encourage you not to go from here and, and just say, oh, well, I can't do that, so I can't pray, but work towards that. But if you're comfortable, just say to the person next to you, can, can I pray for you? It might be most hard, most difficult to do that if you're sitting next to your husband or wife. Oh, I'm, I can be honest. <laughs> Right? Sometimes it's most difficult when it's the people we are closest with if we haven't cultivated that habit. But I encourage you to pray with others, to be honest and not worry about what it sounds like, but to say, okay, together let's encourage one another in cultivating a life of prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've been present with us all through this morning and that as we pray now, We have that opportunity to to receive peace from you, to receive perspective from you, and to invite and welcome and feel your tangible presence in this room. I pray that that would happen, Lord, that we would sense 
you falling upon this place by your Holy Spirit. Even though we have so many people away this morning um, with all of what's going on, we pray, Lord, that in this time your presence would be truly felt and experienced, including for those who are not with us here in the room but are watching online, as we pray now to you through the Son, by the Spirit, and with one another. We ask that you would fill us with your peace, perspective, and your presence. Let's just take a moment to pray in silence, to say thanks to God, maybe to say sorry, and also to ask him for what we need. And as we continue to pray, if you want to pray with someone next to you, now's the time to do that. Otherwise, just continue to use this time between you and God.